Hi, my name is Stephen Luna. I'm the lead pastor of MWC Church. We're so glad you chose to join us for this podcast. My prayer is that it would be a blessing in helping you grow closer to Jesus and help you grow in your faith. Enjoy this week's sermon. Um, So Pastor Bethany and I are going to be sharing with you something that spoke to us during this Christmas season. Um, And we are just so excited to be here. So um, in true mashup fashion, we're going to bring together two different things and hopefully give you something great today, something that you can be challenged by, blessed by, and you'll just leave, um, hopefully that each of us leave every single week a little bit closer to Jesus, right? That's why we're here. Um, Anyways, so, oh, quick introduction, just in case. If you don't know me, because I'm not in here a lot, I'm always with your kids, right? I'm the kids pastor here, and I love my job. It's the best job in the world. Thank you for partnering with me and allowing me to teach your kids, because that's just, it's the best thing ever. But for those of you that may not know me, my name is Brooke Case, and then you guys know, this is the lovely Pastor Bethany Bates, who leads us in worship every week and crushes it, right? She's incredible. I don't, I always want to brag on her, because she's just so great, so that's my opportunity. She didn't put that in my notes, don't worry. All right, so... Before we jump into our sermon today, I want to know how many of you can relate to this situation, right? It is the holiday season, if you guys hadn't noticed, right? We have Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. It's just like bam, 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 so much to do. And if you're like me, you're stressed about to hear because you just have long lists and crazy schedules and you're just overwhelmed with everything you know you need to get done in such a short amount of time. And then at the end of the Christmas season, for me, it feels like a blur, It feels like I don't even know what I did. I remember being really tired. Um, When I look back at Thanksgiving, all I can remember doing is cooking for three days and cleaning up for two. Like that's all all I got for Thanksgiving this year. Hopefully Christmas will be better. 10 days, it's in 10 days. Okay, anyways, so if you're like me, type A personality or like Enneagram one, because that's something now, you are feeling the heat, right? You're feeling that stress. And so while I personally enjoy my family and my friends, I love them so much, I, I'm the one at parties, I'm the one you guys don't like that's like just like working the whole time and then immediately when it's over, I'm the one cleaning up and just like moving on to the next thing. That's, that's who I am. It drives my husband crazy. Like I'm that person. Yeah, um, I guess I get like cleaning up and everything, but I think I probably prefer to just, you know, sit there and hang out with everybody and, you know, the dishes can just, like, stay there in the sink for a while. Even a couple days, you know, like, it's, it's fine. They'll eventually get done. It's, it's probably okay. I guess. Uh, well, apparently, we have two very different points of view on this subject. And if you can believe it, we are not the, two, the first two women in history to feel this way. So for those of you that have maybe caught on to this little act, today we'll be sharing with you about Mary and Martha. All right, so... To give you a little background, because, so I'm a Bible geek, right? I really like to research stuff that's not in the text exactly. Like, we can read the story of Mary and Martha, and we know a few things from that, but there's also more that we don't know. And for me, like, that's so fascinating, is to learn all this stuff culturally that's important that we miss, because we look at it from our Western eyes, right? We look at it from American Christian perspectives of it, and so we just sometimes don't see the full picture. But what we know from Scripture, Mary and Martha were sisters, right? They were sisters to Lazarus, and the three of them were very close to Jesus. Um, In John 11, 5, it even says that they were um, loved by him. So they did have a close relationship. And then later in scripture, we know that Lazarus passes away, and Jesus comes and brings him back to life. But in that story, we learn the only time recorded in history or in scripture where Jesus actually 
weeps. He cries over, over this situation, right? So they had a very close relationship with Jesus, which is, which is great. Um, but beyond that, we don't know a whole lot about these women. Um, we can kind of infer a few things just culturally, historically looking at like what was going on at that time. So for example, there's no record of their parents, which means that like a lot of theologians would argue that maybe they were orphans because just there's no mention of them, which usually there is um, some connection to family. Um, in addition to that, there is no mention of any of them being married, which fun fact that I learned while studying is because they may have been very young. So like teenagers or even early 20s, because back in that time, people were married by the time they were 20. So I think that that's a really interesting point as we're looking at this text. And then lastly, something that I found really interesting is um, looking at this time in history, we know that a woman's main responsibility was to care for the home, right? That was just understood to be the way it is. And the men were to go out and to work. Uh, men were students, women weren't. So like when Jesus had disciples, they were men. Like, that was how things were done. And so as we read through this text, I want you to just kind of um, change, start to change the way you're framing the story because that stuff is really relevant to what we're gonna be talking about today. So, that was a lot of talking, I'm sorry. So now we're gonna go into Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 38. If you wanna follow along in your Bible, your Bible app, or it'll just be on the screen for you to follow along as I read it. So, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today so humbled to be in your presence, to be in this place that you have given us to worship, to learn, to be engaged in who you are, God, and with your scriptures. I pray right now, Lord, that hearts will begin to open, that as we read through this passage, as we go over these notes, that we will just, each of us will leave here a little bit closer to you, God, that we will be challenged during this crazy season, Lord, to just refocus back to you, God, and really the whole reason. I pray that you will give us the words to speak, that we will just, like you will flow through us, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right. I'm excited to share with you guys today. Excited to be up here teaming up with Pastor Brooke. I'm ready. My baby's ready. He's been kicking me while I've been standing here. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, I am expecting baby. He's due in March. Um, so I've had a couple people recently. I think that they didn't know because I've been like standing behind the piano all the time. And so it's like <laughs> piano's right there, the right level. And so it's not just a food, a food baby, I promise. <laughs> so my dad was here last night and he said, um, you look how I feel full of tacos. And <laughs> so I didn't have one too many tacos. <laughs> There's a baby in there. <laughs> so... Um, so sorry if everybody's craving tacos right now, but you know, you'll be fine. Just make it a little bit longer. Okay, guys, lunch is coming. Um, anyways, you guys ready to jump into this? Okay. All right. So how many of you have ever experienced someone randomly just showing up at your door? So maybe it was a salesman, maybe it was a Schwann man, maybe he was selling some ice cream, or if your hus my husband, uh, pizzas, that's what he got from the Schwann man. I never knew that the Schwann man sold pizzas until, like, you know, my husband, he was like, the Schwann man sells pizzas, not ice cream. It's like, 
Okay. I don't know. Maybe you guys bought pizza from the Schwann man. I didn't. So maybe it was a Schwann man. Or maybe it was somebody like a UPS guy or maybe a Jehovah's Witness. We don't know. Um, but whoever it was, um, it's probably something that we've all experienced, right? Someone showing up at our door. Um, however, for me, someone just showing up randomly wasn't a regular occurrence. It didn't happen too often. For those of you who don't know too much about me, I grew up living outside of town in the country. There was like nobody ever around. And um, no one that ever really showed up. So, and that's, that's pretty much like the whole reason why country people are out there, though. I mean, they, they kind of just want to like be able to go outside in their slippers. If you're really out in the country, like you skivvies, you know? <laughs> like you want to be able to go out there and not see anyone, not talk to anyone until after you've had like your morning cup of joe, you know? So those are country people for you. So I don't have too many people just, like, showing up at our door. I don't remember too much of it. Um, but the ones that did happen kind of stand out in my mind a little bit. So, and uh, just something about my siblings and I. We were kind of scaredy cats when it came to answering the door. And so whenever anyone would come to the door and, like, knock and we weren't expecting them, it was kind of like a big deal and not like an exciting, like, oh, my gosh, someone's at our house and this is, like, amazing, exciting. Um, but it was like the this is a murderer, and he's going to kill me, and I'm probably going to die, so what's my escape plan? What do I do? I run, I'm going to go into my parents' bedroom, I'm going to lock the door, and then I'm going to, like, climb out the window and run into the woods. So that was the escape plan, and then you felt guilty because you didn't include your siblings in your plan, and you were like, oh, no, I left them behind. And you're like, okay. And then you rework your plan, and you're like, okay, how do I carry them out the window? But um, anyways, so I never had to really do my escape plan and implement that. But this is what we would do. We were still scaredy cats. So we would like, someone would knock on the door, ring the doorbell, and we would like carefully walk down the hallway, avoiding all the creaky spots on the floor um, because we didn't want the person outside to know that we were actually home. And so we, we would just be like super careful. And then we'd like peek around the corner, like just our eyes, to see if we could, you know, recognize the person at the door. And if we did recognize them, then it was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll answer. But if we didn't recognize them, sometimes we just, you know, stay in the hallway and hide there until they went away. <laughs> and then other times it was like, okay, I'll put on a brave face. I'll be the brave one of us kids, and I'll go answer the door. <laughs> um, so we were kind of scaredy cats. Um, but whenever... whenever um, one, one specific time that uh, someone came to our door that stands out in my mind, um, this time the Benton police, they came knocking on our door. But um, my parents happened to be home, so they just answered the door like normal people, and we didn't really have to worry about it. We were okay. <laughs> but anyways, they showed up to let us know that uh, they were searching for a man who was on the loose, he was on the run, and he had been seen carrying a gun. And so they're going around to all of the country people's houses in the area to let them know to stay inside, lock the doors, and don't answer the door to anyone that they were unfamiliar with, which would probably be a good idea if you were, you know, told to do that by the police. But how many of you know country people or are country people yourselves, and you know that that's not what you do? So what do you do? Okay, so if you're like my dad, you go... And you get yourself, you know, another cup of coffee because you need it. 
and you go and you sit outside on the bed of your truck with a shotgun, or he corrected me. He corrected me yesterday. It was actually an AK-47 is what he had. He went out there and sat down, and he was just like, okay, if this man's coming, I'm going to see him coming, and he's going to see that I see him coming, and then now I'm coming for him. And so, that, like, that's how country people think. So don't go out to someone in the country's house. That's the lesson for today. Amen. Let's dismiss. I'm just kidding. That is not what we're doing. Okay. Sit a little bit longer. You're going to get your tacos. Okay. It'll be fine. Um, okay. Anyways, so I'm not giving advice to anybody. I'm not telling you what to do if you're in this situation. I mean, you can if you want to, but I'm not telling you what to do if you're in this situation. Um, I'm not saying go buy a gun. I'm not saying, you know, develop a caffeine addiction and go buy some Folgers that's, you know, in a tin can, because that's where it comes from. Like, that's what I remember when I was young. Folgers comes in a tin. Now it's all fancy and it comes in bags. So, I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, or maybe, maybe you're just like, you're too good for Folgers. You're like my husband and you're like, no, I have to have my fancy coffee, and it's from the origin of Ethiopia, and it tastes like blueberries. So, I don't know. That's him, but you can have your regular coffee, and it's like too good for Folgers. Okay. Anyways, so I'm not giving you advice about what to do in this situation. However, to get a little bit serious, I can't help but think that maybe just a little bit Sometimes this is the way that we treat Jesus, right? When he comes to our door, when he comes knocking, he's like, hey, are you home? And you're like, no, I'm not. (laughs) Anyways, here we are. Our Bible verse for today that Brooke already read in Luke chapter 10. We're going to start from the beginning of that. I'm not going to read the whole thing again. I'm just going to, I mean, we're going to read bits and pieces of it again. It'll be fine. Uh, Luke chapter 10, Martha welcomed him, Jesus, that's who she's referring to, into her house. So we sometimes act like Martha got it all wrong, that um, she got everything right, and you're like, don't be a Martha. But she got this first step right. Okay, let's give her, like, props, you know? You got this first step right. Um, But some of us, how do we respond? We either hide around the corner, we act like Jesus isn't there, you know? We're just like, okay, if I sit here long enough, he'll go away. I don't respond, he'll go away. Um, so we'll hope, we hope that we'll go, he'll, oh my goodness. We hope that he'll go away and we're afraid of what he might say. We treat him like he's kind of this armed and dangerous man that's like coming down our driveway, coming at us. Um, but we have to recognize, who is Jesus? Is he this armed and dangerous man? Of course not. He is, in fact, right, the exact opposite of that. We have to know that he's righteous, he's holy, he's kind, and he's a loving king, Right? And he knocks on the door to your heart. He knocks on the door to each of our hearts, and he asks if we'll let him in. And the Bible says that if today you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. But we know in the Christmas season and in every season, whether it's because of your circumstances, your relationships, your situations, um, things that threaten to take your attention or cause any kind of bitterness in your heart, that it can be tempting to become hard-hearted. And if we're not careful, we can slowly become people who are closed off to the Lord and we're closed off to his voice. And we pretend that we just don't hear him. We like plug our ears like little kids and we're like, la, 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 la. Or we pretend that we're not home. And sometimes without knowing it, we choose to close the door and we lock it and we don't let the king into our house. So it's kind of like whenever we pass by someone who's selling stuff at a kiosk in the mall, you know, and... 
we're just like, okay, if I don't make eye contact, I'm going to look anywhere else except for at that person. And so I'm just going to like, don't make eye contact, don't make eye contact. I promise I don't want to try your lotion. Okay, I don't want to try it. I already straightened my hair today. Like, it's okay. My hair's not straight, but that's fine. Um, but we read Psalm 24.9. Lift up your heads, O gates. Be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. This leads us to our first point for today, and you may have already caught on to it a little bit, but it's welcome Jesus in. So my first challenge is to not harden your heart and turn away from his voice and his presence, but instead welcome him into your house and choose to lift up your head that the king of glory may come in, because he is a good king. And what he'll do is soften and transform your heart so you can hear and know his voice and that you don't see him as this armed and dangerous man anymore, but you begin to see him for who he truly is, that he is humble, that he is gentle, and that his yoke is easy, and that his burden is light. Amen. And he softens your heart, and, and soon what you see as your house or my house, and as we welcome him into this house, it becomes his. Yeah. And 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? The temple in the Old Testament, it represented the place where God's presence dwelled. It's where his spirit was. Right? It's a place where people experience the forgiveness and the cleansing of sins, and it's where people went to worship and to hear from God. But we know now because of Jesus, we as individuals and as a body of believers are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we, we carry God's presence and his spirit dwells within us. It's in us, but we have to choose, will we, as the people of God, let the king of glory in and welcome him into this house? So Zechariah 9.9 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Yeah. Righteous and having salvation is he. So of course this passage is referring to the coming of Jesus, right? And we have the opportunity as the people of God to worship and rejoice and to shout aloud and behold the king who is our salvation and allow him to enter into your heart. Let him enter into your home and into this house. So let's get the first thing right that Martha got right. Let's welcome him into this house. So I'm going to continue. Um, I'm just going to read verses 39 and 40 once more. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So like Pastor Bethany said, Martha got the first step right. She started off really great. She welcomed Jesus in, um, probably not that only time either. It's probably the way that they were with Jesus. She even understood the significance of him being there in the sense that she wanted to be a good host, right? She was cooking. She was getting things ready. She was, she was doing the things that you know, seemingly would have been the right thing to do. She begins to focus, and it says that she gets distracted with much serving, so serving is something that we generally think is a positive thing, right? We're very pro-serve teams around here. We love our serve teams, especially me. We love my serve team. You know, we, we usually look at that as such a, a positive thing, and it is. But like Martha, sometimes we can get distracted with those good things replacing the best thing, replacing what really should have been the focus all along. So she's focusing on these things, good things. But can't that be said of, of any of us, Right? Like, how many of us come to church every week and just check it off? Like, I did it. I showed up. I came on Sunday morning. I sang the songs. I read the verses. I listened. 
okay, now time to go get those tacos, right? We're, we're done here. Or you can memorize Bible verses and even recite them back. You know the names of all the famous worship pastors. You know how to talk the lingo. You know, you know how to be a Christian in the sense of all of the things to check off the list, right? All of those good things. But you've invited Jesus into your home, but you haven't really allowed yourself to be in his presence, right? And I'm not just talking to the people new in faith here, not just the, the newbie Christians, which we love, but really I'm speaking to you seasoned Christians out there the ones that have, have been around a while. For those of you that don't know me or don't know my story, um, I'm actually a third generation pastor, which is really cool. My grandfather's a pastor, my dad's a pastor. Now here I am. My sister also just became a pastor this year. We have a long line of, of faith in our family and I'm very blessed to be a part of that. And so for me, I jokingly said last night that like Jesus was in my home before I was in my home. You know, he was, he's been around. We've had him for a while. I'm 28, and I think I've been saved all those years. You know, like I, LOL, that's okay. That was a joke. I still had to make that choice, you guys. I still had to make the choice. But my point is that for me, it's not about welcoming him in at this point, and for some of you seasoned Christians out there, but it's about embracing his presence in that state, recognizing what he's doing in my life on a daily basis, right? I don't, I don't wanna get to a point um, like Martha, where I'm so caught up in all the good things I'm doing, even in my job, right? Even in the very, very good things that, that we do, that I, I lose sight of the whole reason I'm doing it. Because Martha had Jesus in her home. Isn't that like so mind-boggling? Like, I, oh, I long to have Jesus like in my home, to be a physical person here that, that I can talk to. You know, like we, we read these scriptures and we're like, man, Martha, what in the world were you doing? You missed it. He was sitting in your living room. You, you just needed to just go talk to him or you know, sit at his feet. But, but really, I would challenge us to say that we do the same kind of thing with Jesus at times. Friends, please, please, please never get to a point in your life where having Jesus around just becomes just another thing. It's just a meaningless part. It's just, it's just my, like, almost like it's your culture but it's not at the same time. Like it's just, oh, I just go to church or oh, I just read my Bible before I go to bed or oh, I just pray over meals or oh, I, you're gonna end up like Martha, right? We have to start with welcoming him in, but we have to continue to embrace his presence there because otherwise we're gonna invite Jesus in just to forget him. Isn't that like, the craziest reality of our life is that we can just, oh, okay. So here's where I'm going with this. So God is amazing. Jesus is amazing. And they offer newness in our relationship when we embrace that, right? When we ask for it, when we lean into the presence of the Holy Spirit, when we dive into scripture and when we really take it to heart, he offers us newness. In Lamentations 3, 23, it says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. So I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for those mercies, all right? I'm on that constant, you know, like struggle to be more like Jesus every day. And it is an amazing process of sanctification, but it is a process. And so I, I'm so glad that I wake every day and there's grace and mercy offered to me in a new way, but that's not it. 
Jesus also offers us new hope, new peace, new strength, new comfort. He offers so much more than just the mercy. And that's just such an incredible thing because we need it, right? We want that newness in our relationship with him. Okay, so you're like, where does this, what does this have to do with Christmas, right? You're, what, what am I talking about? Christmas, if you didn't know, is a season built around celebrating the coming of Jesus. I know you've probably heard that a few times, yeah. But how many of us focus so much on all of the other aspects of Christmas that we lose Jesus? And I, I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the way we celebrate Christmas as far as like I love decorating and I love shopping. And I, I mean like those things are all good and fun and a fun way to celebrate. But when those become the good things that we're doing, the things that distract us away from Jesus then what is the point? What is the point of Christmas without Jesus? And so I just wanna challenge you a little bit today because this time of year is actually very challenging for me. For those of you that know me well, I'm Martha. Hello, nice to meet you. So I am that person. My personality works and works and works and goes and goes and goes and I rarely naturally stop, right? I just... I don't, I don't stop very often. I don't listen very often. You can ask Jordan, my husband, if you want confirmation of that. I am just like going, going, going until the minute I sit down on the couch at night and I literally fall asleep. We can't ever get through a movie. It's terrible. So for me, I have trouble even listening to the voice of God unless I'm very intentional about it, about building in that time to, to, to listen to what he's trying to speak to me. How I long to be like Mary, Right? Mary that just saw that opportunity and just forgot everything else, like all of the cultural expectations like we talked about. Like she knew she shouldn't probably be sitting at the feet of Jesus. She knew that as her role as a woman even was to take care of the home and, and Martha's being that good person doing all the things, taking care of all the right things. And Mary went, no, that's not the point. We're here for him. And so I long to be like Mary just to seize those opportunities to sit at his feet because I'm a Martha. I'm working on it, I promise. But to all the other Marthas in the room, don't worry, you're not alone. You're not broken, right? Everyone is created by God and everyone has areas where they can grow and they can be challenged. And this for me is a very personal challenge. Even as I speak to you right now, I, this is a very personal challenge, but we can do it together, all right? We'll start a community group, we'll call us the Marthas. We'll do it. Thank you for laughing. My husband told me not to tell that joke. I thought it was good. All right, anyways. So for me, scripture is always what brings me back, right? It's what grounds me. It's, re- it's a great reminder of all the things I need to do. So Colossians 3, 2 says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Psalm 46, 10 is, be still and know that I am God. In the busiest season of the year, I would argue, be still. Find those moments to be still. Psalm 123.2 is, we keep looking to the Lord our God for his mercy just as servants keep their eyes on their master. That is a complete full dependence on him, right? Our eyes on our master. And Jeremiah 29.13 is, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Every single one of those verses is a great reminder to me and hopefully to you today that we need to shift our focus back to Jesus. I would even argue we should shift our focus away from Christmas. 
It should be Jesus, right? Isn't that such a crazy thing? So our point's already up there, but our second point for today is embrace his presence, right? And I'm not just talking to the Marthas, I'm talking to the Marys too. Every single one of us needs to make that choice to embrace his presence, right? So we welcome him in, absolutely, 100%. But please don't forget Jesus when he's there. Embrace his presence even right now as you sit in your seats. All right. She gets to uh, start a community group called the Marthas. Maybe we should start one called the Marys. (laughs) Not because... I'm so great, but because I know that there's a pile of laundry on my floor that desperately needs to be folded. And it may or may not happen. We don't know. Um, We may just, like, throw the clothes in the dryer and give them a little bit of a refresh whenever we need them. I don't know. See what happens. (laughs) But anyways, let's continue reading in our scripture for today. It's verse, verse 41 and 42 of Luke chapter 10. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Are you laughing and you are like so distracting me? But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So this leads us to our third and final point of the message today. I'm going to give it to you up front. Choose the good portion. So we have to ask ourselves, what is the good portion? Because we know it's not just like some porridge that's just right that happened to be made by some bears somewhere. But um, in order for us to understand this and the significance of the good portion, we have to briefly go back to the Old Testament for a little bit. Okay, so in the Old Testament, we get to know this people group, right, called the Israelites, who many of, us know, many of us know they were set apart by God to be his people and to be a representation to the world of who he is. And a few things that we know about this people group, the Israelites, um, first off, we know that there were 12 tribes among the people of Israel, right? Another thing that we know about them is that they were once in slavery to the people of Egypt and that God delivered them from slavery and began to lead them to this place called the Promised Land. And as he led them into what he had for them and into the promised land, he eventually divides up the land among each of the the 12 tribes of Israel. And each lot of land that was given to these tribes was that tribe's inheritance and their portion. But there was one tribe that didn't exactly get a portion of land for their inheritance. This tribe was called the Levites, right? The tribe of Levi. So they didn't necessarily get a portion of land But instead, God chose something for them that was meant to be and is far greater than any plot of land, right? So the Levites, they were chosen to be those who ministered to the Lord and served in the temple and in the presence of God. And they were set apart as priests and their role was to go into God's presence to represent the people of Israel to the Lord and the Lord to the people. And they also assisted the Israelites in sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins. And they led the way in worship and in their nearness to God. And God himself was supposed to be their portion and their inheritance. However, in order for them to enter into God's presence, right, the Levites had to go through a series of cleansing rituals. And they had to do this because our God is so holy and he's perfect and he's without sin. And so no amount of impurity can enter into his presence. And the priests had to repeatedly and regularly offer sacrifices and present offerings for themselves and on behalf of the Israelites for the cleansing of their sins. 
And this made a way for them to be in God's presence, but it was only a temporary solution, right? Because God had a better promise still for his people, one that would permanently make a way for them to be in his presence so that there would no longer be a need to repeatedly offer sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins. And what is that promise? It's a promise of a savior. And we know now that Jesus is that savior, right? And he came and he became our high priest, forever bridging the gap between our rebellion and his redemption by giving the ultimate sacrifice for our sins and conquering sin, becoming our salvation. And he did this all so that we could be with him and enter into his presence. Because it's God's desire and it's the reason why Jesus came so that we could be with him. This brings us to what we know as the Christmas story where God fulfills his promise by sending a savior this is what the Bible says, Matthew 1, 23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And he truly is God with us, right? He's our savior and he's our king, and he is a God who longs to forever be with his people. And it's why he came so that there would be a way for you and for me. And he came and performed the perfect and ultimate sacrifice for eternal freedom. And now as it says in Hebrews, for us, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And 14, for by a single offering he is perfected for all time because we know it's not something that has to be repeated. He has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And verses 19 through 22, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest of the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So because of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross that forever cleanses us of our sins and because we serve a God who is faithful to fulfill what he promised to his people long ago that he would send a savior to make a way for freedom and eternal life and salvation, one who sacrificed once for all, tore the veil and allowed us to come boldly before the throne of our God and behold the presence of our king. Because we read already Zechariah 9.9, behold, your king is coming to you. He indeed has come, and he is Emmanuel. He is with us, and he is righteous, and he holds our salvation. And he is in this place, and he longs for us to be people who, like the Levites and like Mary, live lives that are centered around his presence and behold who he is. That he would be our portion and our God and our king, because soon he is coming again, and we will forever be united with him. And this is the Christmas story, because you can't separate the baby in the manger from the man who hung on a cross for your sins. And you can't separate the man who hung on the cross from the king that is victorious, that is coming again for his bride, the church. He's coming again for you and for me, so that we can forever be with him and behold his beauty and his presence. Psalm 16:5 The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. Would we not miss the coming of our king? But would we recognize that he is the good portion? In the Christmas season and every season, Jesus is the good portion and he's our inheritance. Jesus said to Martha, "One thing is necessary." Mary has chosen the good portion, and it will not be taken away from her. So as you find yourself getting caught up in the traditions 
and the craziness of the holidays and just everything around you, the list of things on your to-do list, would you know that there is just one thing that is necessary? And I want you to ask yourselves, will you choose it? Because you have to choose it. It doesn't come just on its own. There's one thing that's necessary. Will you choose it? There's one verse that's been on my mind throughout this year that I've thought about over and over again that I've prayed about for myself and for my family. Psalm 27.4. One thing I ask in this will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon his beauty and inquire in his temple. I'm going to read it again. One thing I ask in this will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon his beauty and inquire in his temple. So would we be people who choose to sit at his feet and behold his presence and behold who he is? Even if everything else that we try to do fails, would it be enough for us to belong to Jesus, to know him forever because he is the true king and he is a good portion not a good portion, the good portion. He is our prize. So would we choose Jesus? And I don't know about you, but I don't want to make it to the end of my life and discover that I spent so much time on my list of accomplishments and my list of things that I had to do day in and day out and the just my own successes and my own goals that I missed the one thing that's necessary, that I missed the good portion of being in his presence and beholding who he is. Because it's not about how well I sing. It's not about how, how awesome of a worship leader or anything that I can be. It's, did I behold who he is? Did I spend time in his presence? Did I know that my king is the good portion and that one day in his courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I want to know in my heart that I know his voice and do not follow the voice of another. I want to go where he goes. I want to stay where he stays. I want him to be my God and my king forever because he's worthy of my life. He's worthy of my heart. He's worthy of my time each morning, each day. I want to behold who he is. I want to know what it is to know him and be known by him. So we're going to take a few moments to respond to this today by just simply being in the presence of our king. So would you take a few moments, welcome him into your heart, welcome him into this house, into your house. Would you have a heart of surrender and give God permission to speak to you whatever it is that he wants to speak? Would you choose to worship and be with Jesus in these next few moments? So the altars are open if you want to come forward. Or you can make an altar at your chair or just sit there in your chair. Whatever posture it is that you want to take. But let's take a few moments here and just be with our King. God, we worship you in this place. You are the name that is great and greatly to be praised. Would you begin to join me and just worship the Lord? Begin to lift your voices and declare that he is the one who is worthy. He's the one that saves. He's the king of all kings. He's the Lord of all lords. He's the light of the world who came to bring freedom and redemption for his people. He's the king that's coming again. And we will forever be reunited with him. 
God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. You are worthy. You are worthy of our time. You are worthy of our worship, Lord. You are worthy of everything that we have. We give it all to you. Heart surrendered, Lord. You're the one that saves. There is no other name by which we're saved but the name of Jesus. That name that's above it all. The King of every King. The Lord of every Lord. Would we know, God, what it is to behold your presence and behold your beauty? Would we know what it is to be in your courts? that we would dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our lives, that we would know that, Jesus, you are the good portion. Lord, go with us this week. Help us to be aware of your spirit and your presence throughout each day. Lead us to you and come and remind us who you are. And we thank you and we love you for everything that you are, all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for uh, worshiping with us, for uh, being here this weekend and making it out. Um, so be safe on your way home. I'm sure it's cold. Stay warm. And we'll see you next week. Thanks. And that wraps up today's message. But we've got more on the way. So be sure to subscribe so you won't miss a future podcast. You belong here. So we encourage you to get connected. You can find us on social media or online at mwcwichita.com. That's mwcwichita.com. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next week.